Welcome to the C-Store Oracle Podcast, where C-Store Decisions editors speak with retailers and experts about all aspects of the convenience store business, from trends impacting the retail landscape to best practices and acquisition news. Hi, folks, and welcome to the C-Store Decisions Live podcast. I'm Thomas Malloy, Senior Editor for C-Store Decisions Magazine and Website Editor for CBDRetailTrends.com. Today, I'll be chatting with Casey Taylor, Vice President of Client Development for Pittsburgh-based Civic Science, an international market research firm connecting real-time opinions of consumers to the decision makers who need that information every day. Today, we'll be talking about CBD market trends and what's on the horizon for brick-and-mortar retailers. Let's jump in. And today we're here with Casey Taylor, Vice President of Client Development with Civic Science. Casey, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's great to talk to you. Um, I've been, uh, you guys do some really good work over there at Civic Science. Um, we've uh, definitely uh, used you as a source, used different uh, sources over there uh, for our stories and things of that nature. You guys have been really, really good. Some smart stuff going on over there. Um, tell me, uh, first off, let's get to know you. Uh, you are, you're, you're in Pittsburgh now? Is that, are you from Pittsburgh? I'm actually originally from uh, outside of Philadelphia, uh, the suburbs out there in Chester County. Uh, but then I went to school in Pittsburgh at uh, Carnegie Mellon. My family's all from Western PA, so it felt a bit like a homecoming there. And, and yeah, now I've been here over over 16 years, and I don't plan on leaving. And uh, how did you get – it's a nice town. I've been to Pittsburgh several times. Um, uh, how did you uh, get into the role you're in now at uh, Civic Science? Uh, in a very kind of roundabout way, as most people that work in research do, um, I actually graduated uh, from college with a liberal arts degree in writing, and I uh, made my way into advertising from there, first on the creative side, but then started to jump into uh, more of the account strategy, account planning side. Um, was always very uh, into research, drawn to like consumer sentiment research and statistical stuff. Even back uh, while I was at Carnegie Mellon, did a lot of statistical courses um, and a lot of math stuff there. So then I uh, was drawn to the numbers side, but also the narrative side of things. Uh, started working at like boutique uh, research strategy organizations here within Pennsylvania um, and, and mostly Western PA. Uh, and then about five years ago, I've been with Civic Science uh, for five years now, employee, I think I'm, I'm somewhere between 17 and 19. I can never remember the exact number. Uh, so like early on, kind of when we were still, I would say in like beta startup phase, um, we had onboarded a bunch of new clients and uh, I came on to kind of help build out our consultancy practice. Um, because before that, we had been very much like a software as a service platform. You subscribe to our stuff, you log in to our browser-based platform, you pull down your own insights. Um, and we were finding that if we wanted to grow the way we wanted to, we were going to have to become a lot more specialized in terms of the research services we provided because our clients are like all over the map, healthcare, insurance, but then we also have like consumer electronics and phone manufacturers and wireless providers. It just became clear that we were going to have to to verticalize in terms of like our, our expertise. Uh, so they brought me in. I started to do that. That and now eventually worked over uh, into client development because our company identified that you can't sell research without a researcher. So uh, now they move the researcher into the sales role. So I sell the research now. And how long has the company been around? Oh, that's a good question. It's been 
close to a decade um, in terms of actual existence, but we've only been commercially facing for um, really five or six years or so. Um, we spent a lot of time in R&D because what we have, which is uh, kind of cool, and I won't uh, – uh, waste your listeners time too much on like nerdy detail stuff about it but like our methodology never existed before we kind of invented a whole new methodology for for quant data so we had to spend quite a bit of time uh making sure it worked you know before we started <laughs> selling it to companies and stuff like that so well, well yeah that would <laughs> that'd be an ideal situation it's usually helpful yeah to have data that's <laughs> actually working now we're going to talk about CBD today, but like you said, you guys, you 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 do work for, or the, the company does work for, uh, other for people marketing across the board, right? I mean, all sorts of different uh, markets, a lot, and products, lots and of industries. different, yeah, lots of different industries. Um, a lot of our clients we cannot name, but it's mostly like Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 companies. Um, you know, like clients that we have name case studies that, you know, we work with T-Mobile in the wireless space. We work with, um, you know, you're in Cleveland, I'm in Pittsburgh. Some of our national listeners may not know these these folks, but like UPMC, we have a lot of name case studies here in Pittsburgh, uh, in, in the healthcare space nationally as well. Uh, we work with phone manufacturers. It's, it's all over the place. Um, because like we have, uh, we get a lot of data, you know, we get millions of responses per day. We have this network of thousands of syndicated questions, which means like we get the volume to support, um, pretty much anyone you could imagine, right? Which is also why like, you know, we don't technically, I think, other than a couple like holistic wellness things we do with our healthcare clients have any CBD clients, but I have a lot of CBD data. Like it's just, because mm-hmm. we can ask about it and we know it's important and it's going to be important for a while. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's cool work in that regard too, because it never really gets that boring, you know, like I'll, uh, I'll be talking to an airline one day and then I'm talking to one of the biggest retailers in the world the next, you know, so you never feel like you're saying the same thing over and over. Well, you never know when the airlines might start uh, serving CBD along with the peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not holding my breath, but you never know how things, this market, the way it goes. I mean, you just never know where, where CBD is going to go because as it mainstreams, um, you know, it's just showing up in more and more places and uh, more and more folks are discovering just how it can help them. Um, a lot of time, well, a lot of our clients are with the, uh, the C-Store channel, but also we're, we also try and uh, reach uh, smaller just retailers may not be a C store, but they could be a small, you know, CBD shop or something like that. Can you tell, just give us an idea if, if a, if a smaller retailer is trying to get into CBD, um, I mean, what, what is your take on, on the market and, and what, what can somebody like that, uh, what, what kind of products can they find and that will appeal to their customers? Any insight yeah, yeah. You know, it's the insight I can usually provide on most of this stuff is, um, really strong hypotheses based on data points about the consumer itself from like different kind of categories. It might not be like a directly, like I can't say for sure what product a C store should have in order to draw a consumer, but I can make some broad assumptions, you know, and like one thing I would say for C stores or or smaller retailers that are listening is like, what are your local regulations around cannabis? Even though CBD is is pretty much legal nationally, right? I mean, I know there's kind of some uh, regulations and restrictions and how it has to be hemp derived and in, in, in most states and things like that. But like we have seen 
an openness to CBD is normally highly correlated with an openness to cannabis, right? And besides just even the volume, right, which helps explain some of it, I don't think it's a coincidence that the top-selling CBD states in the country are all states, uh, with the exception of New York, that have legal cannabis, right? And New York may not have legal cannabis, but uh, New York City is not known to be a difficult place to acquire uh, drugs. So like, I don't think that really counts either. Right. So like you have to look at, I think a, the psychographic profile of your consumer to start with the openness to CBD is going to be directly correlated with how your community in general feels about cannabis. Right. So if you have legal medicinal cannabis in your state, Odds are pretty good that if you're not already, you should probably be carrying CBD in some capacity, right? If you don't, then it's a little bit of a tougher call. If you're in more of an urban area or something or like a city where there's a higher and denser population as well as a higher likelihood of cannabis use in the area, then yeah, it's probably a good idea. Maybe more rural, not so much. It's a little tough to say, I think. Um, but the other insight that I would give that I think is is the one I found most fascinating when I was working on this stuff earlier this year for a, a talk I was putting together on the CBD market is like, I think CBD sometimes gets lumped in with the old stereotypes of cannabis, right? You know, the, uh, you know, keeping it by the cigarettes behind the counter at the seven 11. And what I have kind of found uh, from the research I've been doing is that that's probably not a great idea um, because CBD is significantly more likely to be kind of highly thought of among the holistic wellness folks who are not smokers, right? They are not tobacco users. I think it gets stuck there. I mean, there's some practical reasons why, right? Which is it's an 18 plus product. So you can't just have it out and about and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but we do tend to see in our data, right, that cigarette smokers are significantly more likely to be one-time CBD right, trial correct. users, right? But they're not using it over and over. And I think it's because, for the most part, it doesn't align with the cigarette smoker. Whereas CBD is mostly being utilized by people as like a supplement to like anxiety or, or a supplement to like sleep assistance and things like that. So I, I think a really relevant thing to think about it if you're a C-store is where are you where are you putting the product? Right? How are you positioning it? Um, you know, it's, it's not about uh, getting high. It's not about inebriation. It's about health. It's about, uh, uh, you know, to the extent that the effects are helpful, to the extent that users believe in the effects, they're going back to it because it's, it's calming them down. Uh, it's giving them a feeling of relief, uh, at least in terms of what they're expressing from it. I know there's like dispute in the medical community around what it does. So I'm not trying to make those claims for myself. It's more like those are the types of people that are using the product. So where do you put it uh, in your store that feels more appropriate in that regard? Is it next if you're carrying vitamins, right? And they're behind the counter because it's an expensive, uh, bigger ticket item that you don't necessarily want out and, and at risk of theft. Maybe that's where you should be putting it instead of next to the Marlboros and the Camels, right? Like that's kind of how I would think about it. And, uh, you know, I think there's also, you know, that that association with, with, with uh, I guess, cigarettes and uh, tobacco, especially for uh, the CBD can, that can be vaped. But, I mean, there's all sorts of, I mean, now we've got topicals, we've got the uh, the uh, edibles, and there's, there's it's branching out to CBD 
is branching out depending upon what the uh, delivery system is or, or you know delivery product is um, to other other folks who are maybe older folks who are looking to get some relief for for uh, achy joints and muscles some athletic folks who, who are looking for the same thing with their weekend warriors or whatnot there's also folks who just make them feel better makes them sleep better they believe and also um, you know just it'll reduce anxiety for some people like that I mean do you have any insight on all those different products and how how that kind of shakes out for a smaller retailer well I mean I think I think based on kind of what we we're talking about here previously it's like probably those topicals or those uh, the the gummies or whatever might end up being it's going to depend on what you're selling right if behind the counter all you have are cigarettes it's probably not going to make much sense right like you're probably going to only want the things that are uh, oil cartridges that can be vaporized you know mm-hmm. much like a jewel or another e-cig right but if behind the counter you have uh, you're like a small local pharmacy or something like that or, or, or a pharmacy chain and you have cigarettes on one end and on the other end you have like your family planning stuff or like your vitamins and, and Advil and ibuprofen that you don't necessarily have out in the aisles. Like it might make a lot of sense to have those types of things there. I, I understand the there a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. If it's there better, I understand the impulse to put it with the cigarettes because for the most part, up until recently, the product was an inhaled uh, vaporizer, much right, like an e-cigarette. Right. That's the stereotype right? on it, or used to be. Yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But uh, but I think other than that aesthetic uh, similarity, there's actually not really much else to go on in terms of the similarities between the two users. As you were you're talking about the whole um – the impression, you know, getting high and all that kind of thing. I mean, that separation is is finally kind of taking place or kind of finally recognizing that, you know, the whole THC thing and the non-THC and even 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 the CBD products that do have some THC in them, it's low level, correct? I mean, that's... Uh, correct. I mean, for the most part, it's not... A, yeah, it's... I mean, look, when we get into the chemistry angle of it, I am out of my depth, but right. I would I, say... I'm with you there too. Yeah, right. But my understanding, yeah, is that even CBD forward products from like cannabis dispensaries are going to have minimal amounts of THC just to kind of activate the CBD as opposed to actually, you know, making you inebriated. But I would take it a step further based on psychographic data that we can observe on cannabis users. Forget about CBD users for a moment, but just the cannabis category as a whole, you know, the, the old like, uh, I always think of the the Simpsons because that's what I grew up with, right? When uh, uh, the teenagers in the Quickie Mart and they're looking at the aluminum foil saying it's like a living mirror, right? Like the slacker stoner stereotype. I mean, for the most part now, we're starting to see psychographic things that make the, the cannabis user look a lot more like the craft beer consumer now, right? Because it's becoming a much more diverse product where now it's like in places where it's legal, you're no longer just buying cannabis based on whatever is available. It's like you're going in and you have 80 different strains that have 80 different properties and you're picking out things that are right for you. And I think the more that culture more broadly. I mean, we just had the election last week and we won't talk about the, the, the main attraction, right? But like more ballot initiatives passed, right? New Jersey's going to have legal cannabis now. I mean, 
as more culture, as our culture rather more broadly accepts it, not as just an inebriant, but as a medicine, as something that you can use to cure, or not, well, not cure, but help aid something, right? For your anxiety, for PTSD, uh, for uh, actually like neurological symptoms and the research that's been done there, right? Mm-hmm, like, Absolutely it becomes a lot less taboo and it becomes something that's embraced by like, you know, it's no longer stone teenagers at 1am stumbling up to your counter. It's like yoga moms, right. And people that are like, Oh, this helps me sleep. Like, it's just, it's a much different profile of consumer, which means you have to think about it uh, much differently than how you would have, especially maybe if you've been in the business 20 years and it's like, this is, this is who buys this type of thing. Not anymore. It's not that kind of thing anymore. And do you see, I mean, there seems to be a day, a, slight dichotomy here in that the more cannabis normalizes or, you know, the uh, dispensaries and I guess medicinal cannabis, the more that normalizes, the easier it's going to be, it seems to separate uh, marijuana from CBD products and their use and the stigma and all of that kind of thing. So it seems like the more cannabis rises, the easier it'll be uh, to sell CBD products to folks who aren't interested in that and who don't want to be any part of that. I would agree. I think what we've, I think what you can observe even in just the sales data, not even in in civic science data necessarily, but what you, a very logical hypothesis to draw from the fact that the states that still have legal cannabis are still selling the most CBD is that it's not about like a cannabis substitute. It's about a cannabis supplement, right? They can still go get the THC whenever they want to in those states, but they're opting to still buy CBD because I think what ends up happening is it's almost like cannabis has always had this, uh, uh, the gateway drug thing, right? And I think in some ways it's like a gateway product for CBD consumption because you start utilizing the THC activated stuff when it's like in, in, in areas where it's legal and you start to understand maybe like the way it is helping you, but you don't want to be stoned all the time, right? You have to well, work, no. you have things to do. I was going right? to say who does, but well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we all know people who, who yeah. do. <laughs> we know a few people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, many. yeah. <laughs> Thank um, God. But like in, in general, it's like you, you feel that way and you're like, but I still want to reduce my anxiety. I still want to, uh, feel comfortable. I still want to be able to like sleep when I need to. And it's like, okay, well, let me give CBD a try. And it might not work for everybody, but I think it's almost, it's, it's almost an inverse gateway in the way you would typically think about it. And that's the only conclusion I think you can really draw because Mm -hmm. if it was about, if it was the other way around, right, then CBD sales would be going down in the States that legalize cannabis because they'd be like, Oh, I don't need that anymore. I can go get an indica strain or I can, right, go, you right. know what I mean? Like, so I, I think the opposite happens. It becomes uh, culturally accepted. More people then utilize it. They see perhaps benefits that they didn't realize were there based on either what they thought cannabis was, or maybe what they used when they were younger or something like that. And then it becomes a, Oh wow, this works for me but I can't be inebriated. What's the product that can give me some of these benefits while, without, you know, taking me out of commission for a work day or something like that. Right. And do you think in, in those States where, you know, they do have cannabis uh, outlets, um, the dispensaries, I mean, for, for folks 
I guess right away, what you would think CBD, you're going to equate it with the dispensary. And there might be an opportunity there for smaller retailers and convenience stores and others uh, to provide more of a comfort level, I guess, for some of those folks who are a bit reticent of going to a dispensary. I would probably agree. I think it's a little bit of a, uh, there's less stigma right around walking. I mean, there's no stigma around walking in a convenience store unless you're like a, a classist or something, right? Like you go in and you get something. Um, now, I mean, I would say on the other end of things, and this is kind of at the, uh, this would be at the discretion of the C store owner operator in terms of their comfort level. But like when you go into a dispensary in like Colorado or something, there's also such a diverse array of products that, you know, people tell you exactly what they're going to do for you, right? Like this'll do this to you. This'll do this. This'll do this. I think like the, the difference is while it may be a more comfortable uh, environment for some people, you know, if they're there for other things or if they don't want to hold up a line or something like that, it's like, can your cashiers actually talk through the difference between individual right. CBD products. And Maybe. there are retailers who they are approaching it that they, they understand that. Um, and they, they either have uh, some of their personnel trained to know the CBD products that they are carrying either by the company who supplies those um, or they find someone else to do it. Um, or they have literature that you can just pick up off, off the counter. So you can kind of study up on it on your own, go to their own website, things of that nature. And then you'll feel a little more comfortable and you'll be able to make that, that choice the next time you go. Um, it'll be just a little bit easier and a little more comfortable for, for the customer too. I, th- I could see that being the case. I think if you take those measures, there's probably going to be some of that occurring. It's tough for me to say how much, because again, in like in maybe early days, but in most of these places, like in Colorado, where it's been legal for a few years now, the stigma is still there, but it's not, you know, that significant. Right. right and okay. so, and so it might not, it might not matter. And now at the individual level, you know, even when there is no cultural stigma, some people still feel their own, uh, uh, stigma around like certain behaviors. So mm-hmm. it's not, I don't think this is a very long winded way of basically saying, I don't think it could hurt. Right. Um, and in fact, I would say that uh, if you're serious about it, that's going to become more and more the consumer expectation of things in that category. Right. It's just like how now, you know, running with that craft beer analogy, I mean, I'm only 34 years old. I'm not that old yet, but like I can remember the difference between going to a bar when I was 21 versus now when there were five beers on tap. And if you asked a question about one of the local ones, the bartender looked at you like you were insane. Whereas now it's like every bar has 30 beers on tap and can describe the, you know, the, every bartender or waiter or waitress can describe the difference between each beer. You know, oh, this one's more of a piney IPA versus a citrusy one. And it's just like, I think that. That becomes it becomes a trend that's niche and then as it's niche and it catches on it becomes like wait if you don't do that for me why am i here right like right. i should be somewhere else and, and so I, I can see that happening with with uh, cbd in in non-dispensary environments as well i think yeah that's what i mean i think that's a very um i can't project like a timeline because i think that timeline is going to be very dependent on um 
what happens with cannabis nationally. I know, you know, this is the week after the election. So technically right now we think there's a new administration. We're not sure yet, but even then uh, a Biden administration has not been necessarily in favor of legalizing cannabis. It still might be a state by state issue. Right. So without some national, I think referendum on it, I don't know. It's that it, it could still be another decade plus before that's the consumer expectation, right? But I do feel pretty confident saying it'll it will accelerate alongside the acceleration of cannabis consumption in America and cannabis acceptance as a valid medicine and a valid uh, recreational uh, consumption. Now, do you have any insight into? I mean, I, here in Ohio, I know we've got dispensaries um, to some extent, or I, I know. I kind of know the law. See, that's the other thing. All these laws are so, there's so many of them. Um, they're not always clear. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be a consumer there, but, you know, at a, at a marijuana dispensary, but I do see CBD stores and their CBD, their smaller shops. Do you have any insight on those retailers and, and why they're, they're just those smaller shops? They don't, I don't think they offer much more as far as products go, but they have CBD products there. And do you have any insight on those at all or? I mean, based on what we can observe in our data at like a cross-tab level, those types of places are more common with e-cigarette users because it okay. tends to be a combination, right? Like for the most part, it'll be, you know, a place that has uh, uh, e-juice. Is it still called e-juice? I forget actually what it's called now. I think it is. Some of us right? still call it that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so there'll be like, you know, a place where you can get your nicotine based vaporizing product. But of course, then it's like, you know, if you're a local uh, business that's doing well in that category, why wouldn't you expand into very, uh, very useful markets? Because what I think are, are kind of natural markets in terms of what gets associated with it, because I would also say, you know, going back, not completely going back on what I said earlier about cigarette use. There's a reason I said cigarette and not nicotine, right? Because mm -hmm. there are people that are switching to e-cigarettes because they still want nicotine, but they want to be healthier about it. And you can roll your eyes at that being healthy, but health is in the eye of the beholder. Oh, it's their choice, absolutely. Yeah. So I think like I don't necessarily see it as something that is eating away at um, the market share, at least in the CBD category mm -hmm. for convenience stores. Because I think for the most part, the people that are buying from those places are already specialized consumers. It's a different right? clientele, it seems. Yeah, completely. Like unless you're a C store that also has like boutique level um, kind of like proprietary blends for like vape juice and, and Kratom and like that kind of stuff. Um, I don't really think it's something for you to worry about. It's like, uh, you know, Dairy Queen doesn't really compete with, um, you know, the local creamery. It's like two different things. I know they kind of sell the same product, but it's not really the same thing. Right. I, and I think it may represent, I mean, because it's a different clientele, it's a different kind of environment, different kind of shop. It could, it could mean there is opportunity for, for smaller retailers, C stores and things of that nature um, to offer the other CBD products that, you know, the older, older, uh, I guess, demographics are looking for, but also say millennials as well. And um, I mean, I fades and to me, the opportunity there is like 
Those places may be boutique and they may have a different type of clientele, but because of that, they're going to know what's popular and what's hip before everyone else. Right. And so it's probably not a bad idea to be checking in even as like a secret shopper to see like, what do they got? Right. Because I think the opportunity there, the advantage that convenience stores have on that type of retailer is that you offer everything else, you know, like someone's going to stop for gas and they might be a specialty boutique store uh, consumer of CBD. But Hey, if you have the product they like when they're out of a pod and they're, they just came in because they're paying for, you know, 20 bucks on, on pump four and they see the product they want, you've increased the odds that you're going to make that sale. Right. So like trying to align with what is being offered at those stores isn't a bad idea. I just don't necessarily think the consumer expectation is the same and the consistency of the consumer profile is different enough that I wouldn't like view yourself as competing with them directly. Right. More like you pro- if you are going to get into this space, you probably want to know what they're doing because they're going to know better than you because this is, that's all they have to focus on. I was going to say, you might want to, as you said, secret shop uh, and to see what, what they have and yeah. to maybe do or imitate some of what they're doing, but also to set yourself apart from what they're doing as well. Yes. And, you know, yeah. to, to more target your own uh, type of customer. I think that's, uh, I think it's a good way to put it. So anything else, any other insights you can offer for uh, smaller retailers or more mainstream who would like to get into the CBD game or take a next step on it, go to the next level? It's probably a good idea. I mean, that's the other thing I would say, like it's in our data right now, we have started to see a little bit of a slowing of the curve in terms of CBD adoption. But I also think that's uh that's in line with a slowing of the curve in terms of fairly recent like inaction of recreational cannabis and stuff, right? So I, I think it's only going to go up as that goes up, right? So, um, I mean, if you're a C-store in an area or a state where it's legal and you're not stocking CBD, you are almost certainly leaving money on the table. Um, if you're not, though, I think it's a little harder to confidently say you should be doing it, right? So, like you know, a very like a broad kind of tongue in cheek insight is like, you know, based on not only our data, but market projections in general, it's not getting smaller. Right. So like you should probably think about having it. Um, Having said that, you know, it's a case by case basis. So I don't want to necessarily tell you to run out and start stocking your shelves with CBD. If you're in like a, a rural and maybe more like puritanical, like, town or something in like a specific area or something, you know, you got to really assess like where you are relative to I think, your, your surroundings. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, it sounds like, I mean, it, as we've seen, it is a burgeoning uh, marketplace um, and there's more and more products coming on all the time. There's more and more manufacturers, but then again, some of them drop off. And I think all that's going to shake out in the end uh, as well. I mean, as, as more and more products come out and we learn which ones work, which ones don't, who's trustworthy, who's not. Um, it's just a really interesting market right now. A lot of activity and you guys are doing some great work as far as just, you know, trying to guide your customers and retailers and anyone else who's trying to trying to figure out just how to help their clients and their customers, you know, find their way and buy the right stuff. We're doing our best. Well, uh, I thank you for, for, for being here today. I mean, it's a really big help. Casey Taylor, again, you are the uh, vice president of client development with civic science. I appreciate your time and your knowledge. I appreciate you having me on. And that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the C-Store Live podcast. Again, I'd like to thank Casey Taylor of Civic Science for taking time out of his busy schedule to join us today. And I'd also like to thank you for listening.
I hope you enjoyed it and picked up a few ideas about how to serve your customers better and also run a better retail business. For CBDRetailTrends.com and C-Store Decisions Live, I'm Thomas Malloy. I'll see you next time.